This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. He has come a long way in the last year. He's worked extremely hard on being a better person, a better man, a better teammate. Deshaun, as a leader of the football team, I think it's important for everybody to know where he is and what's on his mind. Personally, I'm in a different space, comfortable being around the guys, the locker room, the coaching staff, the organization. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. A star-studded weekend, a weekend that is unforgettable to Browns fans, but we move forward. Week two of the 2023 preseason and your Cleveland Browns back in the confines of Cleveland Browns Stadium as they welcome in on Friday night the Washington Commanders. Good evening, everybody. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Gerard, good evening, friend. Good evening, Kenneth. It's wonderful to speak to you. And away we go with four downs. First down. There we go. Browns 21, Jets 16. You got two game balls. The QB, DTR, already has one. Who gets the other? Who gets the other two? (laughs) I'm going to have to go strictly offense on this one. There are some potential defensive candidates, but at the end of the day, watching Demetrik Felton, for one, dominate, have a great game. Felt like he was back in a UCLA backfield with DTR being there with him and had a comfort level that I had not seen from him in quite a while. Was very impressed with his effort. And then a gentleman that I mentioned a few weeks ago, Kenneth, Austin Hawkins. And love his game. I've watched him in practice do things as a gunner on special teams. I've watched him catch big passes in practice in Greenbrier and locally here in Berea. And guess what? On Thursday, he made some plays in Canton as well. And I heard, rumor has it, he was making some plays over the course of the weekend as well in camp. So I really like yeah. what I saw out of him and Demetri Felton, and they get my game balls other than DTR. When you look at this roster, other than the names you just mentioned, do you think that there was anybody else who helped themselves on Thursday night down in Canton? Uh, Yeah, there were – well, one guy who certainly helped himself, I felt, they they had Jordan Elliott play pretty much in the first half. And you know what impressed me about that, Ken? Yeah. Was the fact that this guy started in the league. He's a senior – he's a veteran player on the team. And he went out there and played hard. He didn't have the woe is me, how dare you treat me like this – attitude that one could have when you're a veteran and you're playing in a preseason game and the guys who are also also known as starters are starting and they're watching you with their sunflower seeds in their hand and their hats turned backwards and no 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 shoulder pads on <laughs> so that did impress me the fact that how he handled his business and went out there and played a part in making sure that defensive line didn't get pushed around 
Yeah, I think, Gerard, I, I think you're right about Jordanelli because remember last year, uh, Josh Jacobs, I mean, that was the beginning of, of some ugliness between the Raiders and, and Josh Jacobs. Now, Josh Jacobs is a running back. He had no question about whether or not he would make the team or anything like that. Not sure Jordanelli is in any trouble making the team. But as, as Kevin Stefanski said, they all can't sit. I mean, somebody's got to play. So I, I could understand that decision there. I think Jordan Elliott, though, did help himself out. I thought he played pretty well in that game. And we go to second down. Second down. Hall of Fame weekend, the great Joe Thomas, and the celebration of life for Jim Brown. First off, I, I said this uh, in the morning on 92.3 The Fan, one of our flagship stations here on the Browns Radio Network. I thought that the the celebration of life for Jim Brown was extremely well done. I said this Friday morning I, I, to, to see the fans there to see the the many luminaries from the NFL as well as stars of stage and screen there to see it. I I thought that it was a very, very nice event, very well done, very well put together by the Browns in the Hall of Fame in the NFL. Joe Thomas, they it, it goes without saying. It, the whole week, a great lead up to Thursday night. You see him on Thursday night, then on Saturday, the entire day. Really well done by everybody involved, and nice to see Joe go into the Hall of Fame, Gerard. Right. Obviously, it was a sad but honoring occasion speaking to the life of Jim Brown with that representative. You had the opportunity to hear that ceremony. It was phenomenal. It was like you were taken to a U.S. history lesson. of, And you know about our country and the volatility it went through from a social standpoint in the 60s. And Mr. Brown was in the middle of all that. He played a part in all that. Yeah. His life transcended more than just what he did on the football field when you consider his activism politically and socially as well as what he did from the movie screen and what that represented. So just hearing his his story and not realizing at one point in his life, it's hard to believe this, Ken, that Jim Brown was an underdog and that he had to rise to the occasion. He certainly did that. And then going from that to Joe Thomas and what the weekend meant for Browns fans and shout-out to Browns fans, too, for coming out in full force on Thursday night for the Hall of Fame game. Joe got the loudest ovation because the stand was filled with Browns supporters. And then obviously on the rest of the week in which the support was there and, and obviously has to be a nervous moment to give that speech. But the one thing that you love about Joe and you appreciate it, so many people say this, Ken, and you can attest to it because you have a friendship with him as well, even better person than a football player. So just imagine what type of person he is. Yeah, really good guy, uh, a good father, good husband, good dude all around. Really, really nice, and uh, obviously an honor to know him and an honor to watch him go into the Hall of Fame on Saturday and to see uh, you know, all the all the people from Brown's past during his career, all the offensive linemen coming back into town, Joel Batonio sitting there. And, you know, you have to wonder what it's like for Joel because I, I think that there's going to be a conversation to be had about Joel when it's all said and done. Now, I don't know if it's going to be the way it go for to have about Joel Batonio as well as Miles Garrett and even maybe Nick Chubb by the time it's all said and done. But that's going to be a conversation certainly for another day. Let's go down to third down. Third down. All right, namely Greg Newsom goes down with an injury and there were some injuries sustained here this past week. First off with Greg, I, that, that it's got to be a concern at the cornerback spot. It was an up-and-down year for Greg last season. You don't want it to start this way here, Gerard. No, and a groin injury is definitely not what you want. I mean, anything in dealing with your legs as a cornerback 
is not a good thing because obviously you need it for backpedaling, breaking, and running, and you're dealing with the best athletes probably on a football field when you have to cover wide receivers. So you want to be at full strength any chance that you can be. And no one's obviously ever at 100%, but you certainly don't want to go into a season with a nagging injury because more than likely, Ken, it's just going to persist and sustain itself and not go away. So hopefully Greg will be okay and he can work through it. But, no, you don't want to have that. But, again, part of the game is being mentally tough and overcoming at the same time the injuries that you may face. And then you go back to some of the other injuries here. You know, Coach Kevin Stefanski mentioned that Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas will miss, quote, miss some time, end quote, suffering knee injuries this past week. And then today, running back Jerome Ford, a right hamstring injury. Reserve guard Drew Forbes, a scary situation. He was carted off the field with a back injury today. And then Jakeem Grant limped inside today after returning kick. So you know it's going to bite at some time, that injury bug. Right. And here it is in week two, right before – uh, honestly, a lot of starters would probably play in this game coming up against Washington and then with the joint practices in Philadelphia next week. And then we'll see if they call off the dogs, no pun intended, but if they call off the dogs against Kansas City and let all the back play. Well, you don't Kansas want this to occur. So this is kind of, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you don't want this to occur whatsoever, obviously. But you're right, Ken. It's going to take place at some point in time. The injury bug will make itself very self-evident. But you would rather have it happen early on in camp as opposed to weeks three and four of this training camp with the preseason games as the, the number that you're looking at because you still have essentially for key, key guys a month really that you're working with, four weeks that you work with before you play your first game. And generally speaking, guys are quick healers unless it's something serious. So you probably can be back and ready to go within a two to three week time frame. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Folks, training camp is underway, and the Cleveland Browns 50-50 raffle is open now. Go to the Browns mobile app or browns5050.com to purchase and learn more. Get your tickets before kickoff of Browns and Commanders on August 11th, and you can take advantage of the Joe Thomas special and get four tickets for only $73, 400 tickets for only $73. Boy, that looks like such a good deal. It looked like a misprint for a second there. My goodness gracious. Don't miss your chance to win big while supporting local youth. Ken Carmen, alongside of Gerard Cherry, it is the Cleveland Browns Radio Network and the Cleveland Browns Preview Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Gerard, a couple of gremlins up there, making sure everything's taken care of. It's preseason for everybody. I want to get back to what was going to be fourth down, Gerard, and preview this Commanders game coming up. The biggest news this offseason for the Washington Commanders, an ownership change, but Gerard, I, I know that a lot of Commanders fans, and there's even a couple that we know, a lot of Commanders fans are excited for this, but as we know, there there are growing pains when you have new owners in the NFL. It happens with every team here. Oh, certainly, and they're the benefactors of having Magic Johnson on the squad, and it seems like everywhere he gets involved with, they end up winning the championship, so that's something definitely to look forward for if you are a Commanders fan. I'm also hearing rumors that they want to change the name back to the Washington football club or team. But with that being said, Ken, yes, yeah. there's something to be said about changing of ownership. But when it's such a negative situation in which it was with Snyder's regime and what that represented, it can only be a change for the better and a sense of fresh air within the organization because it truly does start at the top. And whatever's going on will filter its way into the locker room and beyond. And when you have issues in which 
ownership has some problems, it does find its way on the football field with its inconsistencies as well. So if you are a Commanders fan, you need to be and should be excited. Ron Rivera's coming back. You have an opportunity with Jacoby Brissett to possibly be your starter, and we know obviously obviously know what he represents having played for us and the type of character that he has. So you, if you had issues in yeah. the organization with character, what better guy to have under center than Jacoby Brissett? Well, we know the culture just got so rough there. I, it, you can do nothing but look upward and onward, but – you know, with, with new ownership does come a couple of growing pains like we were talking about. How much would you play our starters in this football game? Gerard, I know you're a you're a classic old-school soul, so I'm wondering if you might say four quarters. I mean, we know they're probably not going to play or not many of them are going to play against Philadelphia coming up next next week. So what do you think you would do in this game against Washington on Friday night? Well, the training camp seems to be all about revving up to something. And I'm not going to throw these guys in a firing and have them play as much as Dewani Jones played a full game, but I would say a, a quarter would be understandable if you asked Watson to do that because I really want them to go into Philadelphia with something underneath them in a the sense of, hey, the conditioning is there because those practices are going to re- really be the closest that you get to them playing in the game other than what they'll do in Kansas City, which is the last preseason game. So I would at least give Watson and company a quarter, then I would give Dobbs and company a quarter, and then I let the guys who played primarily in the game against the Jets Finish it out in the second half. And special teams, though, then that's another consideration. Those are guys who are primarily backups anyway, and based upon the performance that they had on Thursday, that would be something different. Where if I'm Bubba, I'm saying, you know what, you guys need to step up, show up, and show out because what I saw last week was not Cleveland Browns football, and you guys are much better than that. You know, I, I thought that one of the guys that impressed me, I know we talked about this earlier in the show, one of the guys that impressed me uh, I, I thought was Luke Whipler. I thought he played really well in that football game back on on Thursday. So I, I'd like to see what he has at that center position. I know that it might not happen against Washington there, but I think later on in the preseason, I, I'd like to see what Luke Whipler has in store for the Cleveland Browns there. Can you make an argument that Washington could be the second best team in the NFC East behind Philly? I can't make that argument because they are not quite sure of what's going on with their quarterback situation. Is it going to be Sam Howell? Is it going to be Jake Fromm? Is it going to be Jacoby Brissett? Until they figure that out and identify that, they really don't – you know the saying. You have you have more than one quarterback. You don't have any quarterbacks, and that's where they're at right now. So they need that guy, Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera, need to figure out who that guy is going to be, and that way that team can be led by said person. And when that takes place, then they have a better chance. But right now, no, I couldn't buy into that argument. I would say clearly that Dallas is the better team than the – commanders right now and obviously Philadelphia is Philadelphia uh, Gerard I, I think when I look at the NFC East do you th- uh, well, real quick what did you say about Dallas again I want to I make said, sure what you said about I Dallas said in my mind clearly they are the, the second best team in the NFC East and I mean the Giants you figure made it to the playoffs and if the issues and drama with what took place with Saquon Barkley don't impact the team because of the whole money issue, they should be all right too. So I really cannot elevate the commanders to the top two. I can't make that argument because, again, I see Dallas just being a much better football team right now, even though Dak is getting no respect from his own teammates. Boy, that's interesting. I, I, I feel the same way you do about what's going on in Dallas. I, I think they're a talented football team. I, I think – I think New York kind of made things with good coaching. I, I think that that was a product of good coaching and opportunity mm-hmm. last year with what they were dealing with. I, I wonder I, – I know a lot of people, I think yourself included, I, you guys like Daniel Jones. I don't know. 
I just think there's <laughs> something there that kind of stinks with the whole bunch of money being thrown around. I mean, they had no choice. I understand the Giants had no choice, but I, I just don't look at him as much as I look at some of the other quarterbacks in the NFL and say, boy, this guy, this guy's really a franchise guy. I, I think that Dak can be that guy. Obviously, Jalen Hurts. Again, I'm so glad. I'm right. I'm wrong a lot, but boy, I'm glad I was right about him because I think that he's fantastic. And then when you have what is going on in Washington, where they really don't know what they want to do with their with their quarterback position, I, I wonder if that's going to be a team that's looking forward to to 2024 and whether or not they might be able to get one of the guys out of the draft. I think that that could be a possibility. But you know, you have Ron Rivera as the head coach, and he's a guy who's always trying to make the playoffs and do what's right by his organization. Uh, Gerard. One thing we want to see coming up on Friday out of both sides of the ball. What, what are you looking forward to? Let's start defense first. Well, for defensively speaking, what you want to see is no big plays being given up in the secondary. Tighten that up. Did a much better job in the second half of guys not getting beat deep and having tighter coverage. And also want to see a continuation of controlling the line of scrimmage. That was a beautiful thing. Because last year, we didn't see a lot of that. We saw, especially in the running game, the defensive line getting pushed up and down the football field. That was not the case. They were very stout in the center in particular with the nose tackles and how they play it across the board, the twos and the threes and even a, a one in Jordan Elliott. So continue with that. Mm -hmm. That only helped the cause. Didn't see many blown assignments as well. And then on the offensive side of the ball, try to not beat yourself. And when you have scoring opportunities, take advantage of it and can just continue the progress. Now, obviously, the ones didn't play last week, so what you really want to see is crispness in regards to how you move up and down the football field. That's what I'm looking for. The playing command of Deshaun Watson, calling plays in and out of huddle, and just going the right places with the football and just really making it look, I won't use the word easy because it's never easy, but being in in in, in line, succinct, and if you get in that rhythm, type of play, sync, they'll yeah. be good to go. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It, it's, it's weird because – I know, and we're going to talk to Dorian Thompson-Robinson coming up here momentarily, but it's almost the same thing. Like, I know you got talent, and I'd like to see you throw the ball down the field to make myself feel better about the talent, but I also want to see, hey, get the play in, get the play out, let's get going with this, let's see the organization. I want to see them be able to do that within this offense. Defensively, I hear everything about flying to the ball, playing with tightness, playing with strength, tightness being a good thing here, playing with strength. I want to see more of the same. With this defense, I, I thought that the backup guys did what you would want them to do in a first preseason game last week. I, I want to see more of the same coming up against the Washington Commanders later on. I, I, I think that a lot of people have a lot of faith in Jim Schwartz here. I want to see more out of Jim Schwartz and his defense here. I like what I saw in the first preseason game, but obviously I think that we'd like to see more. I'll tell you this, though. Special teams has become a conversation and a bit of a controversy when it comes to Cade York, Gerard. I mean, this has become a big thing because we know what this team is capable of on paper. We know what people are tired about hearing, that they're capable of things on paper. They got to get things going this year. And so, yeah, there's going to be pressure on Cade York to be able to hit field goals and be able to hit them consistently. After such a great start last year, things kind of went haywire for him. Got to get back and get centered and get things going here. It's going to be a very... It needs to be a very positive preseason for Cade York and for this special teams unit, especially with new coach Bubba Ventrone taking over special teams. Back by popular demand from your favorite four-leg companion is year two of Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bone, the fan club for dogs. View membership options. Enjoy today at BarkingBackers.com. Coming up in a bit, we'll go around the league and we'll preview the AFC and NFC South. Up next...
New Browns quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson, what it was like in game one of his NFL career and the painting of dogs playing poker. If you're confused, you won't be when you hear Dorian Thompson-Robinson with me coming up next on the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is Brown's quarterback, Deshaun Watson. This is Brown's kicker, Cage York. This is Wyatt Teller, and you are listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider for the Cleveland Browns. Getting ready for week three of Browns camp, and it's game week as we're getting set to take on the Washington Commanders coming up Friday at Cleveland Browns Stadium. And to talk about that game and a sterling performance in the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, we welcome in Browns rookie quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Dorian, thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Do you want me to call you DTR, or how's that go? Uh, it's whatever you prefer. I'm going to call you Dorian. They wanted me to do this where you're in the weight room right now, and they wanted me to conduct this interview with you on the treadmill. Do you think that that would be a good idea, getting to meet me for the first time? Uh, probably I'm a little out of shape, so that would probably uh, do me some use. For sure. Oh, you're the one out of shape. <laughs> uh, just a little bit. You know we like to go a little tempo on the field. So, <laughs> how, was the, uh, how was the first day out in an NFL uniform, in a stadium, playing an NFL football game? Super cool. Um, it's even more special and, and uh, honoring for me when I have other teammates that I play with before out there in Bubba and Felton, Cedric. So um, it was super cool just to experience that with all of them as well as the rest of my teammates. And then obviously you get the win, everything feels better too. So. Yeah, I mean, you were the talk of the entire week in the pregame. Like, and people were asking, well, Ken, what do you want to see out of him? And I said, honestly, I just want to see him be organized. It's, according to Coach Stefanski, it's a new offense. And, boy, you look like you really have a grasp on it. Yeah, I've been uh, working really hard, waking up early morning, staying late nights just to um, get extra walkthrough reps, get all the reps I can steal at practice, uh, making sure that I'm trying to be as prepared as possible, uh, like you said, for whenever my time comes. So, You look like you had a good look. Is there any sort of... An offense, you don't need to tell me which kind, obviously. I don't want to throw that off on you. But has there ever been an offense you kind of had to scratch your head a little bit and it took a little bit longer? Because it looks like you really have a grasp on this one. Oh, well, I appreciate that. But uh, I think really when I got out of high school and got into uh, Coach Kelly's offense at UCLA, um, he took a lot of stuff when he was at Philly and San Fran. So 
uh, that was really, really new for me and learning that style of offense and uh, all the ins and outs to it and how much it really takes to have an offensive playbook. Um, other than that, though, I think uh, this is pretty up there, too, though, with uh, Coach Stefanski's. Speaking of high school, you played at Bishop Gorman. Am I, okay, I wanted to make sure that's a powerhouse. And you got uh, two other high school players that are on this team. Who? Uh, Bubba Bolden and uh, Cedric Tillman. What's it like playing with you guys from high school here? <laughs> uh, super cool. Uh, those guys have been my best buddies for a long time. Um, we're, we're childhood friends. So for us to continue that, it's like I said, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable out there on the field um, when I know exactly what Cedric's going to run, when he's going to run, and, and how he's going to run it. So. Now, usually, like guys come from smaller high schools or things like that. I mean, that's a pretty big stadium from what I'm, from what I'm, I, I'm gathering there. So, did you know that Canton McKinley played their high school games at that stadium? Uh, a few guys in the locker room have mentioned it pregame, and uh, that's kind of when I knew. But uh, I had nothing, no clue about the stadium uh, prior to going there, though. You play at the powerhouse in Las Vegas, and you play at UCLA. Then there, it's really nothing for you, is it? <laughs> I wouldn't say all that, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was, a, it was still a special moment for sure, just to be out there and have my family out there too. So, Dorian Thompson-Robinson joining us on the show. Your family was at the game? Yes, they were. My mom, um, her brother, and then my little sister was all at the game. Uh, my brother stays down in Columbus, or my mom's brother stays down in Columbus. Um, and then my mom was uh, kind of raised up in this area down here in Cleveland. So, really? Yeah. What part? Um, oh, you'd have to ask her on that. But I know she uh, talked a lot about Edgewater. Um, in, in those areas down there for sure. Awesome. We will have to ask her about that. So I have to, I mean, you went to UCLA. Um, I have to ask you about conference realignment and conference expansion. UCLA going to the Big Ten. When you think UCLA, do you really think the uh, breadbasket of America in the Big Ten? Uh, definitely not. Um, I I'm consider myself a West Coast kid being from Vegas and then going to UCLA. So um, and then being out here now in the, the Midwest with Cleveland is uh, definitely two polar opposites. So for them to come down here, I think it'll be a great experience for them, get more exposure. But uh, they're definitely going to have to deal with the cold winters like I am. So, Did you like the expansion idea by the conferences? It seems that not a lot of fans were really asking for it. Uh, I think it would be a great opportunity. Um, you know, I think change is always going to happen every so often. So um, this is all part of that. It's part of the process. And I think the, the boys over at UCLA will embrace it for sure. What's the biggest change between going from college to the pros now? Ooh, I think, uh, you know, the days are long. Um, this is your job now. You don't have school. You don't have anything else. So for you to be able to lock in on something, um, I know us as humans are naturally, like, get bored of things really easily. So for us to come in, you have to perfect the details every day um, and stay consistent that way so that way you can perform just like how you did the previous week. So, You're interested in photography? Uh, yeah, a little, a little photography, a little videography. Um, really anything creative, though. You seem to be a little bit too humble on that. I, I, they were like, no, he's really into photography. Ask him about photography. And it's, it seems like, eh, you don't want to brag about yourself. Uh, I mean, I'm a football player. And so uh, for me to just venture out, they're all hobbies. And so I try to um, use them as my, my free time just to get away from football. So I wouldn't say I'm a master at anything yet. So, What other hobbies do you have? Ooh, um, I love to draw. I love art. Um, whether it's buying art, looking at art, or just doing it myself. Um, as a kid, I would always go on YouTube and try and look up tutorials on how to draw stuff. So um, I, I do like drawing a lot. Are you familiar with dogs playing poker? I am not, actually. You haven't seen the picture of dogs playing it's poker? The, it's the one with all the dogs. They're like kind of like Dalmatian-type yeah. dogs around the oh, pool yeah. table or yeah. the poker table. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Okay, that's probably my favorite painting. Does that make... 
Actually, you know what? what? At UCLA, I bought that poster freshman year. You I bought did. a poster of that, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't. I was like, I'm not very much of an artist. I'm not, I appreciate the arts, but I'm not really into the arts, if that makes any sense to you. No, you're a, you're, you're a fan. You're a... Who, who is your favorite painter? Ooh. Or, or illustrator? My favorite artist right now is Cause. He's a streetwear artist. Um, if you ever see the skull cartoonish heads out there with the X's on my eyes, yeah. That's my favorite artist. Have you ever traveled and seen a Banksy in the, in the I, I want to say, in, in just life? I have not yet. It's uh, definitely on my bucket list, though. Did you ever see the Banksy that once they sold it, it shredded? I have not, neither. Sorry. You got to see that. That's some good art. That's some really good art. Uh, what, is your, what is your personal goal throughout this training camp? Uh, really just come in, uh, get better every day, learn to play with as much as I can every day. Um, and just be there for my teammates. Uh, I, I'm a quarterback, so even though I'm a rookie, uh, guys still come to me for questions and stuff like that, and I have to be prepared for those questions, um, even though I'm still learning myself. So uh, just trying to make sure I can be an asset out, out there on the field to whoever it is, and as well as you know, trying to pick up my own slack too. So um, I think that's probably the biggest thing right now. Last one, what do you tell Browns fans? It seems that your, your welcome here has been very nice from the fans. Yeah, it has. It's been super nice. Um, I've not run into any bad fans or anything that the rumors say. Um, Dog Pound is legit. Uh, I loved the, the game last week. Uh, hearing the, the hoo, 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 <laughs> turn me up. Um, that was the best part of my day, and that was a really highlight. So, Dorian, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck the rest of camp. Oh, thank you, guys. Dorian Thompson-Robinson joining us in the Player Spotlight. When we come back, Gerard and I will take you around the league as we continue to go through the 2023 preseason. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Fans, Browns need your help picking the field design for the 2023 season. All fans are encouraged to vote to decide what design and logos will be featured at midfield at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash field vote to cast your vote today. That's clevelandbrowns.com slash field vote. Gerard, it's time to go around the league, and it's time to preview the AFC and NFC South. And first, in the AFC South, Trevor Lawrence... It says here, it says he's the best quarterback. And now I got to think, yes, he is the best quarterback. That makes total sense. Because if I look at the other ones, yes, he's absolutely the best quarterback. But here we go. Who's number two? Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, Will Levis in Tennessee, Anthony Richard in Indianapolis, Gardner Minshew in Indianapolis, or C.J. Stroud in Houston? With all due respect, I'm going to have to go with Tannehill. I mean, you can't call these other guys. First and foremost, they have no experience in the National Football League, and Minshew has had his opportunities and chances, but it's fair to say that Tannehill has done more with it than what Minshew has done when he was in with the Jaguars, and also when he had his opportunities with the Eagles as well. So that's a no-brainer for me. That's an easy one. Now, who will emerge out of these younger guys? The leading candidate for me is C.J. Stroud, but at the end of the day, it's certainly Sunshine, a.k.a. Trevor Lawrence, is the best quarterback by far in the AFC South. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. As I, I look through it, I go, oh, that's a little bit presumptuous because I'm just so used to the AFC having really good quarterbacks. And I'm going, because oh, the second, like, you look at any any of the divisions, you say something about a quarterback, and all of a sudden it's like, well, not so fast. 
<laughs> but then if I look at the AFC South, I go, well, now Trevor Lawrence is – he is a cut above the rest. I'll, I'll put him there. But Ryan Tannehill – I'll say Ryan Tannehill second. Uh, I, I'm i a big fan of Anthony Richardson out of, out of Florida. I He is just this huge – monstrous athlete. I think that it, and it, it's going to be a minute. I don't want them to go crazy, but, you know, you got Jimmer saying charge, so who knows what they're willing to do. Um, I, I like Anthony Richardson. Gardner Minshew has. I have a world of respect for him. C.J. Stroud, I want to see what he's able to do in Houston. I, I was a fan of him. Will Levis I had questions about. I, I'm not going to lie to you, Gerard. I, I don't know how you felt about Will Levis coming out of Kentucky. I know that we were on the draft show together. Um, I, I got a couple of questions about Will Levis there. So, I mean, when it comes to number two, Ryan Tannehill's there. There's guys who I respect. There's guys who I have hope for. But I would say Ryan Tannehill, I agree with you. He's definitely number two. Which division is worse, the AFC <laughs> South or the NFC South? That's a pick em. <laughs> But I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say the NFC South because you can make the argument that Jacksonville Jaguars, based upon what they did last season, if it carries over to this year and you figure that the maturation process of Lawrence was only going to get better, that they stand a chance of going further than anyone in the NFC South. So that's why I would make that determination because other than Derek Carr, tell me who in the NFC South do you give the moniker good quarterback? Uh, well, I, I don't know anything about Desmond Ritter in, in an NFL uniform, to be honest with you. Right? So I guess that takes him out of the running. Uh, I hear – I, I don't know. I hear I'm I'm gonna get a bunch of nasty tweets. I'm hearing the Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask are neck and neck now. So uh-huh. I don't know what to take from that. I, I'm not trying to upset anybody there. I, I I'm just going by what I'm reading every day in the news in the news. Uh Carolina Carolina has Bryce Young. Car- uh, Bryce Young's a rookie. So I don't I, I don't know what he's gonna do and I don't know. I I think he tend to ha- tends to have the Alabama advantage. I, I like CJ Stroud a lot. I um I, I, I yeah, I would definitely agree with you. Derek Carr is the best quarterback out of that division. Uh, I'm going to agree. I'm going to I'm going to say the NFC South. Now, I think that Arthur, I think Arthur Smith had something with Atlanta. We'll see if they're <laughs> able to run the ball. I mean, they took Bijan Robinson. I mean, they're kind of like a team out of the '80s. Oh, they're reversing the tide. I, mean, I, I like... think they're, they, well, what they're doing. I mean, they are just they they either did one where they're going to be silly like a fox and get themselves into the playoffs here. Or they're going to set their football team back a few years is what they're going to do. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, Gerard. I, I know Kyle Pitts has been so far a disappointment down there, which I'm surprised about. I thought he'd be great. Um, they are a running football team in just about every sense of the word, and maybe they're going to zig when everybody else zags. And mm, exactly. I don't know. I mean, you could see I, – I, if, they're, if they're that good with the run, I mean, Atlanta <sighs> – I don't know. The Falcons roster is as bad as I've seen in the NFL because I was I was going to say something crazy there. But I think if they're that good running the football, they could have a respectable record because of how they could do in the division. Right. And we've I really seen... do. I, I don't know if Tampa's – what do you think of Tampa overall? Do you think that they're a good football team? or? Uh, I think there's – I mean, they uh... still got some quality players, especially on defensive side of the ball. And you got Mike Evans yeah. over there. You got – that going for you, but I think that run is done, and you just wonder when the next that's going to be a blow up situation eventually. You're going to start shifting those pieces off elsewhere. So, Tampa can't buy into that again. The quarterback situation is what it is, but I will say this going back to Arthur Smith and his whole idea of running the football, 
it worked for the Titans yeah. for a couple seasons. And then once they're stable, that being Derrick Henry ran out of energy and juice and got injured, it just fell apart. So this whole idea of running football, it can work because think about it, Ken. Most of your linebackers yeah. now are weighing 225 to 230-something. So if you want to reverse the tide and go like, running, mm-hmm. it could work to a degree. But the only problem is this quick-scoring offense and what it represents, it's going to be hard to keep up with a team that's a massive 60, well, 30, 40 yards, and you're getting five yards a pop. Now, if you're in a bunch of cloud of dust field position games, then it works out. So I'm very intrigued by this because there's always reverses and trends, and I just wonder if Arthur Smith is trying to – issue back in the running backs and if that is the case Saquon Barkley as well as a bunch of other running backs will be happy well talent wise I'm not sure what Atlanta really is but uh, but let me run this by you here I mean you have that team you go, you go and I'm, I love how you mentioned Saquon Barkley and the Giants because I think that there are teams that are built to win a lot of regular season games and then there are teams that are built to actually make runs in the playoffs and it's the teams that have the quarterbacks the athletic bigger quarterbacks that are able to make runs in the playoffs. You're Josh Allen, you're Patrick Mahomes, you're Jalen Hurts, just sturdy, strong quarterbacks right. that can get the job done with good wide receivers that can make deep playoff runs where I, I can't sit there and degrade Tennessee and what they've done over their over their history. I know that they had a huge losing streak because of injuries last year, but overall with the history of Mike Vrabel, I, I can't degrade what Tennessee has done. However, if I see all these teams, like, I can't take – I would be impressed if the Giants get to the playoffs. I would be – obviously, I'd be flabbergasted and impressed if Atlanta made the playoffs. But do you take those teams seriously? Like, those teams are built to win a – it almost seems like those teams are built to survive now and to keep jobs in the NFL rather than win and win many games in the playoffs, Gerard. It just seems to be a different type of NFL atmosphere with those teams. No, that's certainly fair because that becomes a question – how are you going to compete with the with the Kansas City Chiefs if you're not scoring a lot of points? How are you going to say one of these teams that has a cloud of dust football do get to that place? It could easily be 14 to nothing, and it takes you a quarter and a half to score while this team can do it in one play. That's really where the problem comes into play. And on top of that, these teams are complete that are scoring all these points. They have a run game. They have a passing game. They have a knockout defense. They have special teams. All three phases are showing up. And if you don't have, and this is where we are in a in a situation, I wouldn't call it a quandary for our football team because we're trying to discover. The only thing I'd say we're missing, we have to discover who's going to be our quick strike capability. Who's going to be that guy for us here in the yeah. Cleveland? Because essentially yeah. we have all the other phases. Intermediate passing we got. Underneath passing we got. Screen game we got. Running game we got. One thing that has not shown itself since Coach Stefanski's been here is a consistent vertical threat and if we get that we're in that upper echelon of offenses in the NFL in which you can do any and everything and that's the arsenal that you want to have if you plan on going far in this era of football well it's dry I mean you see football on Saturdays and Sundays up close I mean you do games on ESPN when it comes to college football and then obviously you're on the sidelines for the Browns on every Sunday and 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 we always focus and we're almost obsessed in college football with pace 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 you got to take shot plays and you have to play with pace offensively but it's almost as if the pace is natural like I don't look at NFL offenses and see the same thing as what I'm going to see how Alabama's changed or a couple of the other offenses have changed the late great Mike Leach and what he did both at Washington State and at Mississippi State where they're just playing with this this strong pace you freeze guys like that where in the NFL 
the pace is almost natural, and you look up at the scoreboard because the quarterbacks are so good, you're still scoring 25 points a game. So it's this weird, they play with pace, but they don't play with the same type of pace that you see in college football because you're not going to out-athlete a team every single Sunday like you might be able to on a lot of Saturdays in college football. But teams with good quarterbacks, with these big-time quarterbacks, are able to make runs where, yeah, I, I think that Arthur Smith, yeah, you can keep a job for a while. You can make the playoffs depending on how your division shakes out. But eventually, you're going to get found out. I mean, if you want to get to where you need to go, simple. Desmond Ritter is going to have to step up, just like we talk about Daniel Jones stepping up, because there's going to be more on him at some point. Saquon Barkley can't carry all the load with the Giants in the the NFC North. Okay, pick your winner for each division and why, Gerard. Uh, It's really simple. I think we named both teams already based upon who they have at the quarterback position. And I have to admit, even though the quarterback is extremely dependent upon other people for their success, you already assume Jacksonville is going to win the AFC South, simply put, because they have the best quarterback in the division. And they were the best team last year in the division. And the teams that are around, one, have inexperienced quarterbacks, or they have turmoil within the organization when I think about the Colts and what's going on there. And they have a quarterback situation to boot. So that's a major problem. And then we look at Tennessee. I mean, Vrabes is an extremely great job, but we already know. Who the heck is Tannehill going to throw the football to? Now, Hopkins may help out the cause. We'll see. But, again, it's clear to me, and Houston is just a, a starting over. That's a reset button right there. Yeah. So it's crystal clear that the Jags are the top of the class there. And then when you look at the NFC, you love the fact that the Saints have defense going for them, and they also have a great quarterback, and they got skilled players. We cannot forget that. The Saints can put up points, and yeah, Carr can. can throw that rock. So don't forget yes, the can. fact that they got offensive players on there from a skill position standpoint at the running back and receiver positions, So and they got a defense to go along with it. So I say the Saints and everybody else is a distant second, or third and fourth, in the NFC South. I agree with you. I say Jacksonville and New Orleans. Uh, uh, Gerard, like, when I, when I see these two offenses and what they're able to do, I, I, I think that they're – I think they're a cut above the rest. I mean, Jacksonville almost lucking into a coach that knows what he's doing. Perfect. And and Doug Peterson, and and you see what they're able to do, a guy who actually has a handle on things in that AFC South. And, I mean, if he's got Trevor Lawrence fixed, and it looks like he does have Trevor Lawrence fixed, they're going to be a problem for a long time. Hey, real quick, like 30 seconds quick. I was asked a question earlier today, and since we're talking about Joe Thomas over the weekend, like, Andrew Luck isn't a Hall of Famer, right? I said I told the person no. No, he's not. I got asked by a Didn't listener. Do no, okay. He's not doing enough. I mean, on top of that, he went to Stanford, so I'm really gonna hate. So, but no, he's yeah. not. Well, hey, you guys are in the same boat. You're both looking for a conference right now. <laughs> How sad a, is that, dog? I know we gotta eh, go, but that's man. pretty pathetic. <laughs> I got. We could do a whole other hour. Brought to you by the Cleveland Browns Radio Network and University Hospitals about what I think about all that. By the way, get your Cleveland Browns single game tickets now for all the great matchups at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com/tickets or call 440-891-5050. That's 440-891-5050 to purchase tickets today. We preview Friday and the Browns and Commanders coming up next on the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play to the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. 
Browns fans, be a part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets. That's clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Friday night, it is game night, but we got more coming up this week. The Kevin Stefanski Show tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. They'll be joined by Coach Stefanski and Browns wide receiver Austin Watkins. And then it all gets going 3.30 p.m. on Friday for Browns game day. The Cleveland Browns kickoff show at 5.30 kickoff, 7.30 p.m. from Cleveland Browns Stadium. The Browns and the Washington Commanders. Gerard, quickly, what are we looking forward to Friday night against Washington? Well, I'm hoping we see that formidable front four for the Commanders against our offensive line. That'll be some great practice as we get ready to prepare for a practice against the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm looking forward to that and also looking forward to the special teams bouncing back and having a positive outing. Yeah, you're right about that. I I, I would like to see. What do you think offensively real quick? What would you like to see there? Just being able to get in and out of the huddle again? Is that the the same goal? You want to see that. You always want to see that. You want to see the offense moving the ball up and down the field and not being stagnated and stopping and beating itself in the process or have the defense dominated. So if you see that, that's always a good thing, and vice versa for the defense. Shut them, shut them down. You want to see Deshaun Watson spin it too, don't you? I mean, you have to. You have to be able to want to see that. I mean, goodness gracious, being able to throw the ball, getting excited about 2023. Again, the Kevin Stefanski Show, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., then 3.30. It is Browns game day on Friday, 5.30. It'll be the Cleveland Browns kickoff show, then 7.30 is kickoff Jim Donovan, Nathan Zagura, and Gerard Cherry from Cleveland Brown Stadium. And thanks as always to executive producer Jason Gibbs and producer Meredith Kane. For Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen. Thank you for listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.